0: Welcome to Take Note. This is a podcast about keeping a notebook and paying attention. I am here with number one co-host of the show, Ryan Sly. Ryan, thank you for joining me today.
1: Adam, call me Ted.
0: (laughs) Well, I can't call you Ted (laughs) because because we've got you here today for our annual Too Hot for Ted episode. (laughs) With We'll be talking about any of the topics that TED has resisted in the last year. Um, and this was a long planned, year-long idea that you and I have been cooking up. This is not the first you've heard of it, and any rumors that the only reason we're doing an episode without TED today is because TED is on vacation are untrue.
1: No I've been I, We've put so much thought into this as
0: as you know. As a number one co-host of the show, we start by talking about what's in our notebooks. So, Ryan, what is in your notebook?
1: Well, I'd like to start with another installment of Garbage on the Street. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, Yeah. Cue theme song. Um, And this, I mean, Ted would hate this, but I'm going to go ahead. Um, So, the night before Easter, (laughs) I drove to four stores looking for peeps. The children had insisted that the bunny was bringing some. In the midst of the search, a Dodge Charger, very dangerously, pulled around and directly in front of me on the freeway. Naturally, I flashed my brights at him to let him know I didn't approve of his recklessness. He reacted by swerving back and forth like a race car driver, then repeatedly slamming on his brakes and ultimately coming to a full stop on a busy freeway on a Saturday night. He raised his hand out of the window, as if to ask me, what, is that not what you expected me to do? after I pulled around him and other cars were passing him on the shoulder and honking, he began to alternate between seeing how closely he could follow me and actually swerving at my car and trying to wreck me. This went on all the way down that freeway and onto another freeway, where I was unable to drive slow enough to get him to leave me alone, or tricky enough to escape with a quick exit. I did eventually lose him after getting off of the freeway by cutting across four lanes of traffic and taking a very sharp right turn off of a feeder road and into uh, safely into the neighborhood. Uh, luckily, I did manage to find some peeps eventually, which were reportedly just okay.
0: I think that's all you could really hope for from Peeps.
1: (laughs) Uh, What do you got, Adam?
0: Wow. Well, it occurs to me that what I've got could arguably be called garbage on the street. Um, Although it's not as fine of garbage as as you found. Uh, My wife and I had our first date night on Sunday. Uh, Grandparents were watching our kids. And we were in Ann Arbor. On a Sunday night, had our dinner, had a very nice dinner, and then uh, everything was closed in Ann Arbor. So we found ourselves with nothing to do and feeling guilty that we were going to return from date night too early, and that my parents were going to think we were fools. So we ended up driving around, and uh, truth be told, we were just looking for a place to park. And finish the New York Times spelling bee because uh, we were behind. That was, honestly, that was the most exciting plan that we had. And uh, so we, well, we drove around the campus for a little bit, which we hadn't seen before in Ann Arbor. And then we decided maybe we'd see if there was something by the Arboretum where we could park um, and work on the spelling bee. And that's not a euphemism, unfortunately. <laughs> um so, so, we uh pulled up to the trailhead for the arboretum, and we saw some deer, actually, which' was pretty nice that's not yeah. garbage on the street um and then we pulled into the this parking lot, and there were two cars there already um and one car just moved away from us like they were going to leave, but did not leave, and the other car just parked in the distance. I turned to my wife and I said there these people are not." They're not playing the spelling bee. Yeah. They're Um,
1: playing the air quote spelling bee.
0: (laughs) That's right. They're playing the air quote spelling bee. (laughs) Um, But anyway, was that, does that count as garbage on the street?
1: I I mean, sure. I think we can assume they were, you know, there was garbage in those other cars. (laughs) There was garbage in the cars. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, that's the sign of parents that have been around their kids constantly that, uh, you know, it's like you're in a place you're unfamiliar with, everything's closed, but you cannot go home before they go to That's there. right. It's un- unacceptable.
0: What do you got, Ryan? I almost did call you Ted there.
1: Oh, well, see, it's catching on. All right, um, so I've got, took my kids to the park this weekend, it was speaking of just doing whatever we could do to stay out of the house. My wife uh, was working nights on the weekend, so, um... We were trying desperately to avoid the house so she could sleep during the day uh, and went to the park. I was walking around while they were playing in the trees with some friends, um, paying no attention to them as every good father does as their kids are playing in the tree. <laughs> and uh, Red posted on a bulletin board in, in this neighborhood park, there was a, a handmade sign that uh, looked like a drawing on a chalkboard that was Taking a photo of it, was mostly black with white writing and some white drawing on it. It said, Guinea pigs, Guinea Pig Circus. <laughs> April 4th, or sorry, April 18th, 2021. With some little drawings of guinea pigs on it. Uh, and then written in pen, clearly after the fact, was the address. No time was provided. So I wrote some uh, complaints about the <laughs> guinea pig circus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no time provided, had to wait forever, grew very impatient, parking was a nightmare, they should have hired an attendant, insufficient facilities though It was nice of the owner's parents to let us use their private bathroom, circus boring, <laughs> not a single trapeze or death-defying feet. it was more like some guinea pigs in a cage, light popcorn, question mark? And pretty sure those were hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the review of our neighborhood guinea pig circus.
0: You know, I forget, I uh, I, I, well, I I imagine, and I love that this sign was written by children, right?
1: <laughs> Presumably.
0: Presumably. Right, but I I'm very amused at the idea of a professional sign that says guinea pig circus <laughs> and what that would suggest as well. Alright. I've written in my notebook here. Two women standing six feet apart have permanently have apparently returned to the office. Suddenly, one of the two women slams her fist into the table, her jewelry rattles, and she says God, I love those glasses on you. I can't believe how good they look.
1: Just forgotten how to speak to people. Yep,
0: exactly. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Forgot how hard that hit fist hits. I'll
1: tell you what. I have returned to the work a few times, to the office a few times, and uh, I go directly to my office and close the door and I speak to no one.
0: Yep, that's what it's I do. Very worth going.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> All right, what do you got, Ryan?
1: Um, I have one, let's see, we'll call it Sniper Dog Chase Balloon Swings. Okay. These are scenes from that neighborhood park. Uh Sitting on a bench at our neighborhood park as my kids and some neighbors chat about sports and video games. Behind them, a small boy partially emerges from behind a trash can with a massive yellow and orange Nerf rifle. He moves quickly and stands sideways behind a tree trunk, too skinny to actually conceal him. When the time is presumably right, he emerges and begins firing his empty weapon at each of the older kids. His mission completed, he moves quietly back behind the trash can then runs off to home base, wherever wherever that might have been. Five kids, seven, ten... One excited Labradoodle, let off her leash to sprint in circles in and around. Driving, tripping, and colliding children. The dog pauses as if in in surrender. A child approaches. The game has only begun. Three mangled balloons stuck high in a tree. One still partially full waves hopefully in the breeze. Per request, I twist Charlie's swing as high as the chains will allow. Charlie lays with his stomach to the swing and squeals loudly when I let go and he begins to spin. A nearby kid asks me to do the same for him. I don't think so, I say. <laughs> Come on, dad. I know him from school, says Charlie, as if the child being a stranger to me is my primary concern. <laughs> do it, he says over and over. I will not, I reply and try to change the subject. There are certain conversations with frantically approaching parents I'd just rather not have. <laughs>
0: The other kid just wanted to play guinea pig circus like Charlie. <laughs> Come on. It's oh, my goodness. That's fantastic. All right. Well, um, I think it is time to get to our Too Hot for Ted content. I'll kick us off. <laughs> um, Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um... Uh, a, a documentary on HBO, just finished, called Q Into the Storm. It is a six-part, like, uh, very bingeable, cliffhangery, uh, documentary about the people behind the Q movement. Yeah, and just... Anyways, and the people behind 8chan and 4chan and I don't know. Um, and how they've ruined America. Um, but, but to of interest to us is that I thought I was losing my mind, but the guy who is maybe secretly revealed to either be Q or father of Q. um, He's a fountain pen enthusiast, which is just, you know, rough in and of itself, but, you know, plenty of fountain pen enthusiasts out there. But I, I spotted and I, and I thought my eyes were deceiving me, but I, I freeze framed it and someone else independently verified that in one scene he is holding the Field Notes clandestine edition. Which sounds like a joke that is a little too on the nose.
1: Yeah. But it's not. Like, did someone, did a producer make him hold that? It's, it is for the I mean,
0: less than a second. So, and it's just that little it's in his hand with his pen, and there's a whole thing about Q, who's anonymous, um, being a a fountain pen enthusiast, and this guy is a pen enthusiast too. So the shot was supposed to be of a pen. It wasn't supposed to be the clandestine edition. Mm. Anyway, I, I don't even know what there is to say about this, but I saw it, and I have a stationary podcast, so
1: I feel I like mean, the issue
0: has to be raised.
1: Well, of course it has to be. I mean, my first thought was definitely, like, did they is that planted? But, I mean, it's not as if Field Notes is doing product placement at this level. I would No, expect.
0: I would love to start that rumor. Just, <laughs> but no, no. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that it is, you know, close to the top of the list of people they do not want associated with their products. Um, so, so they, I, I mean,
1: they, they got access to this guy. He thought that he would come off looking good. In a documentary made about him. <laughs> yes. yes, he
0: did. He did think yeah. he would come off looking good in a documentary <laughs> made about him. That is a very uh, a good point and really true of any documentary,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. yep. Yeah. It's like, how are you not in on what's going to happen here? Like, Right. No, we just want to tell people how awesome you are. Let's <laughs> talk about it. All the completely sane things that you've been talking about all this time.
0: <laughs> you know who comes off uh too good i think in the documentary about his life is the octopus teacher but he made the film
1: hmm
0: i don't know See, if you haven't seen, seen it, it who yep. is the octopus teacher well, the octopus teacher is the octopus <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> it's uh it's a fascinating movie that you know what hmm i liked it it's a netflix documentary
1: i feel like my wife and watch it
0: my well, my wife and I, uh, I well, m- my wife has been roped into this plan that I have to watch all the Oscar no- nominated documentaries, and um, so so we watched the Octopus Teacher. It's about a man whose life is quote saved by an octopus. I think I don't think I'm making that up. I think that's how they promote it, but but it makes you think that his life is actually saved by an octopus, but really it's this guy who swims with an octopus for a year yeah. very beautiful documentary but he narrates the whole thing in a very awkward way. no i don't know just not in a very oscar worthy way i would say like it doesn't feel <laughs> like an oscar winning or an oscar nominated film but that doesn't mean it's not entertaining and the underwater shots are beautiful
1: well i think i'll have to check that out what kind of pen <laughs> was the q man holding
0: he he is holding many a pen. Um, there's a couple references to Montblanc's, Blancs, uh, but he I th- I think he has every pen. Yeah.
1: All right. I yeah. I don't know if I.
0: Not every pen. Feel good don't. about that with my own. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, I I agree. I it's it's really just a shame that he's he's associated with it at all.
1: Well, and, you know when. Watching um, Hemingway recently, I noticed uh, in one of the intro shots they showed uh, a what appeared to be, I think, a sailor like Pro Gear Riallo, which is like the piston-filled Pro Gear that they have. Um, which, to my knowledge, would definitely not be the pen that he would have used. Just because I think that that was definitely a plant, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) Did you watch uh, Hemingway?
0: I did. I did. So I'm assuming that that pen is just too new of a pen, much too new of a pen. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's actually true, but I think it definitely. Yeah, it definitely is. Well, certainly for. I don't, you know, I don't think the Rialo came into play until way later uh, then probably later, at least in Hemingway, Hemingway's life. I don't know. I'd have to look up when that came out, but I think if you look up anything about what Hemingway wrote with, you know, other than like his typewriters and stuff, it was uh, his pen, his fountain pen of choice, I think was Montegrappa. Okay. Because he had been uh, over in Italy and near near the factory or, or whatever you call the place where they make uh, fountain yeah, pens. Yeah, this, this factory. Uh, and, yeah, so he got really into, I think, all the Montegrappa pants. They, they've they made a, some Hemingway series pens and stuff, too.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Never read anything about him being into sailors, but... Okay.
0: Maybe, maybe Ken Burns is. So uh, I've yeah. watched uh, half... I've watched half of the documentary, I think, uh, you know, the first episode and most of the second episode. And, okay. And I enjoyed it a lot. And you've watched it all?
1: I have, yeah. I, um, as soon as I saw it was coming on, I said to actually record it, which I rarely do anymore record anything. It's kind of just I uh, watch on demand most, uh, most of the time, but I wanted to make sure I didn't forget uh, that it was happening. So I recorded it and... Uh, watched it over the last week or so and uh it was great i really you know would not have considered myself to be a hemingway expert by any means i learned a lot about his crazy life and stuff uh really enjoyed it i don't know how much about the the latter part of it i should share because you should watch the rest of it it's really good
0: okay well i you don't worry about uh I mean, you know. I don't want to spoil anything right, about right,
1: what right. happens in Hemingway's
0: life. <laughs> well, I mean, the, you know, the I, so what I really have liked about it is that it really does seem to cut through all this nonsense that um, the myth-making that he did, which I never realized was nonsense. But if you don't, you know, if you haven't heard about, uh, if you haven't heard those myths somehow throughout your, like, young life and when you first learn about Hemingway, w- when, if you just, you know, if you just heard about them now, I would think uh, you'd, you'd be able to kind of cut through it. but uh, And you would know, you would catch up that some of it's a myth. But it's nice the way they, like, just shut things down. But then they also really elevate him as a writer by, by shutting down some of the untruths he would tell.
1: Yeah, it seemed... It's, i like the way they handle that too because it was kind of like they you know they acknowledged that he sort of struggled with you know the re, re, the reputation that he got and then you know enjoying the attention from that and the, like kind of playing that up a lot and then trying to sort of blurring the lines between who he actually was and who people expected him to be and you know I'm sure that's that probably a lot of it, that's, you know, that not just Hemingway, but many famous people that try to live up to what people expect them to be.
0: Yeah, it it I agree. It does sort of give you there, there was a moment when I was watching it, too, when I think something occurred to me like this is not just Hemingway. This is that part of it is sort of telling you something about fame that uh, maybe I didn't. Realize or just spend any time thinking about, and I didn't really, you know, I wouldn't have felt any sympathy for that um, without the kind of the insight of this film and the way they yeah
1: yeah they moved on from it pretty quickly. I was like, yeah, that was that was part of the problem, but you know, they didn't focus on it too much either, or 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 I don't think make it worse because at least it seemed to be, you know. Really focused on actual events, and not not the mythology.
0: Right, right. Did you? Um, I don't know. Were you a big Hemingway fan before this film?
1: I, I, I mean, I would say, you know, I really enjoy some of his books. I, you know, *Sun Also Rises* is a, a favorite, and you know, I had a kind of a one of my best friends uh, is a huge Hemingway fan actually got married at the Hemingway house in in Key West so I got to sit at his desk and sign their marriage certificate uh, with him and Hemingway married
0: four times right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) At least I I think I lost count uh, towards the end of the show but yeah I think it was four times Mm mhm um, yeah, I don't know how, uh, I, I thought about that very thing. I'm like, Hmm, I guess it's, it's uh, they're still married. So it Good. wasn't, uh, it wasn't a curse to get married there, but, yep. um, but yeah, it was like his little six toed cats were everywhere and, uh, walking up and down the aisle and stuff during the wedding and, and all that. And so, you know, I didn't have that level of... A Hemingway fandom or anything, um, but you know I've always enjoyed uh, some of his books there, and you know it was uh, I like him enough that I would watch the documentary six hours of uh, learning more about Hemingway and then really enjoyed it. So, it was right. Fun. I
0: I think I well I read A Farewell to Arms I think late teens I don't remember exactly when but knew very little about it and just, you know, barreled right through it. And that's a fantastic novel. And then I, I didn't realize, but I learned, I just had missed that two of Hemingway's major books were nonfiction, um, early books. And I'd read yeah. a third. I read the, um, gosh, I'm blanking on the, a movable feast i read a Mm movable feast like travelogue about paris but i had missed that those first two books you know like if i thought about them individually maybe i knew that they were nonfiction books but that's interesting it makes me want to read uh, the sun also rises and the next one
1: yeah and it seems like you know they're probably based off of real things but not you know, nonfiction fully, and maybe that's the case. But yeah, I didn't know about the war reporting, and you know, um, I I enjoyed the the notes that they had from uh, the Kansas City Star where he was starting off doing journalism. Yeah. Did you uh, did you see that like the their style sheet? It's like. uh... You know, use short sentences, use short first paragraphs, use vigorous English, avoid adject- adjectives. Like he really took that to heart, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I noticed that too. <laughs> and, and and also it just, it seems like instead of, so I was thinking that it's funny how when you just start thinking or reading Hemingway again, or like, you know, when you get in little Hemingway Mo, when I get into Hemingway mode, suddenly I am that much more aware of my adverbs and my adjectives. And it, to me, it's mm. just kind of funny how that can like come and go where you read a little bit of Hemingway and suddenly you're, you're attuned to it again, at least in my experience. But it's interesting that that's always been attributed to him, but he so, you know, he clearly got that from some newspaper style sheet. That's which is yeah. you know, not to say he stole it, but just that that's the origin of it is really interesting. And uh, it's in yeah, such
1: a direct I, I link. I think just applying that to, uh, to writing novels in a way that, you know, was unique, I guess. Yeah. Or, or at least, you know, became synonymous with him. Um, you know, you mentioned A Farewell to Arms, and they they said another thing about that was that he read that book as he was writing it every day Yeah. from the beginning... Yeah up to the point where he was the day before, and many continue writing like that, uh, seems like it would be difficult to keep up with.
0: I, you know, I agree, and it struck me like, well, that could be, that could be a myth, right? That could be an exaggeration. Mm, But yeah, I also thought that book is so spare. It's a longer book, but it is a quick read. You know, I'm just guessing from 20 years ago that it's like a, Four hundred page book or three hundred fifty page book, but that you read it much more quickly, which I think also is, you know, one of the things that can invigorate you about Hemingway is like you can, uh, every it should, you know he writes a page turner in a way, um yeah. I mean it is a page turner, but you know it's possible with that book being so spare. I can almost believe that, although it it seems, I don't know, a
1: little crazy. I feel like by you know day thirty you know the first half of the book so you'd be like, okay, I'm just going to start at chapter 20 because that's like this is ridiculous.
0: If you had to put money on it,
1: <laughs> would you bet that it was true or not true? I would bet that it's not true but okay. I guess I, I, when they said it, I was like, wow, that's fascinating but the more I think about it, I'm like, there's no way, that,
0: yeah, you're right. Right, because even if it's possible, you're right. It just seems like you, you know it. Like,
1: I'm going to, okay, I'm going to take several hours to read <laughs> <laughs> everything i've written so far again and and then spend two hours writing at the end of the day right That's just so inefficient that i don't know but then again i don't think he is fully you know right a mess yet at that point so probably it's not true
0: they uh, you just reminded me they talk about his writing routine at one point he's already in key west at this point and he wakes up early, this is before he gets the bad reviews, but he still, I guess, (laughs) he gets bad reviews, he starts waking up really early, uh, and drinking Mm -hmm. while he's writing, but he wakes up early and he does his writing, uh, in the morning, and then he has the entire afternoon off to, I don't know, be with his family and his kids, um, and I, I don't know, I thought, I just, I, (laughs) I, that sounded like a great ideal work routine. Obviously, it starts to go bad when things get tough for him, but, uh,
1: yeah and man do they ever
0: <laughs> right right well and they that's also interesting i mean they foreshadow it from the beginning which is just really something that uh i mean what his, his father went through and what is his mother kind of went through and did to him yeah anyway there's and probably a reason i haven't watched the last episode yet
1: why would you shoot yourself with a civil war era revolver his dad just, right i mean yeah that's a cry for help is what that is called
0: yeah <laughs> all right well let's end it on a on a, on a suicide <laughs> <backwards. laughs> <laughs> uh, do
1: you know of- who edna o'brien is oh i was before that
0: no i i feel like i i said the name and that's I, I was gonna bring her up too. She comes off as this. Uh, I I want to read every book of hers.
1: She's she's just... such a character. Like I yeah. I the same. I'm like I haven't yet, but I wrote down. I gotta find out who this lady is because she's just the best in that whole show.
0: Yeah, I um that no that was my uh, that was my reaction too. Uh, this book must be selling a surprising number of Edna O'Brien uh, <laughs> novels. In the same way that I'd like the, um, the poet uh, Gorman was the unexpected star of the inauguration. Edna O'Brien is yeah, the yeah. the unexpected star of the Hemingway book. And, uh, you know, I think she may be too forgiving of him at times. I don't know if you felt that at all. Yeah,
1: well. I, I, I did, yeah. I mean, but all the same, I, I really uh, enjoyed her contributions and the way that she speaks and, like, that, she's just such a character. Like, who is this lady?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, that was... uh, She was kind of on the top of my list to um, mention to you as well. It's just, like, that's the person who I came away um, wanting to kind of learn more about. And, uh, yeah, I looked her up a little bit. I mean, I think she's recently published a memoir and her famous book from decades ago is called country girls so i don't know maybe you and i'll have to have well, it's probably too hot for ted so if we ever read Country
1: <laughs> Girls, yeah. well you know next time he's out of town we'll have to do this again and we can uh we can talk all about edna o'brien's work and uh it'll be great sounds great hey
0: good talking to you ryan thank you for doing this Sometimes, you know, sometimes I just need to talk about things that I don't. I can't keep this up. <laughs> uh,
1: three. You should watch the end of the documentary. It turns out great. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I'm sure it does for all of his um, wives and the other women just around. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it all go <laughs> down. The... <laughs> all right. Well... Uh, Hemingway and Edna O'Brien, and the guy from Q—all too hot for Ted. Thank you for <laughs> joining me for this special episode, Ryan. Uh, you—well, you know where to find us. You can find us on TakeNote.Space or on Twitter at TakeNotePod, and we'll see you when we see you.